Our scripture this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Well, again, good morning and welcome to the Olathe campus of Christ Community Church. My name is Nathan. It's good to be with you on this first Sunday of the new year. Uh, excited to enter into these things together and study that passage. Let me pray for us and we'll jump into God's word. Father, I'm so grateful um, for this morning and those who are here. Um, regardless of what brought us here this morning or what frame of reference we're currently in, God, we ask that you would speak from your word, that you would take these things written so long ago, um, which can seem like empty words on a page, but God, would you, through your spirit, root them deep in our hearts? Would you show us who you are, who you've created us to be, and how through Jesus um, you can make us new and whole again? We need you to speak, Lord Jesus, in Christ's name. Amen. Mondays. Mondays are the worst. Hey, I knew it. Somebody. You can do better than that. Come on, I thought I'd get an amen on that. Let me try it again. Mondays are the worst. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had an amen that vigorous uh, here before. I mean, I, but I get it. Like, Mondays are tough. I, I love my job. And yet, like many of you, there are plenty of Monday mornings when I wake up thinking, what am I doing with my life, right? Like, Monday, Mondays are hard. I mean, weekends, weekends are busy, sure. But at least, like, you get a a little bit more sleep, a little bit more free time, maybe a, a little bit more fun, and hello, you get to come here, right, to church. Don't laugh, right? And we get, we get like one hour, and maybe two. I mean, some of you overachievers might get three or four hours a week together on, on Sundays, right? And everybody has a Monday, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, Monday is everything else. Monday is, is the majority of life. You go back to school. Kids, tomorrow, huh? How's that going to work out? You looking forward to that? Uh, or, you, you know, you head back to, to laundry or dishes, or you've, you've got your, your, your obligations with volunteering or planning or work, back to the job site, whatever, whatever it is, right? And then, and then you watch a little Netflix. We get back together here for an hour, and then we start the cycle all over again. And we pastors, I mean, like, we are so obsessed with this one hour a week. I'm just telling you, we can, we can completely forget that there's another 167 in which we're all alive, right? 
I mean, I mean that. There, there are times, I am not exaggerating, there are times when I literally feel as if I could measure my existence in Sundays. Like, instead of counting birthdays, like, I think I'm about 400 sermons old at this point. I mean, that, that's what it feels like, right? Sundays, we're obsessed with Sundays as, as pastors. And yes, like, listen, there is something special about Sundays. I mean, it, it is the day that Jesus defeated death, for crying out loud. And because of that, it is the day that we as Christians have chosen for 2,000 years, roughly 100,000 Sundays, to gather together, to celebrate, to be encouraged by one another. I mean, Sundays, Sundays matter a lot. But what about the other 167 hours? Do they matter? Or maybe another way of asking it, does anything we do in here have anything to do with everything that we end up doing out there on Monday. Now, no big surprise to what I'm about to tell you, but yes, yes, I think it matters, okay? In case you were wondering, sitting on the edge of your seat, like every, every minute of every day matters in every place, every relationship, everything you do, every thought, word, and deed, all of it matters to God because all of life is meant to be lived in worship to God. Which means you were made for Monday. Not just the things that we do here for an hour on You were made for Monday to worship God in all of life, everything you do, everywhere you go, Monday and Tuesday and every day. And because of this, and because of, we're just going to name it, the church's tendency to turn inward and to focus so much on Sundays, this morning as we start this new year, we're starting a new series. And more than just a new series, in some ways this is, this is who we've always been at a church, as a church, and yet it's a new way of thinking about Christ's community. That we want to be a church for Monday. Not just one that thinks about and is obsessed with what goes on here for a few short hours on Sunday, but everything else in all of life. And as we start this new year, it's going to be our, our 30th anniversary as a church. Like, we want, to, we want to start it right as people who see all of life as sacred before God. We want to be a, a church then that invests its energy not just in making Sundays great, or at least tolerable, right? We're not naive. But invests our energy on helping you and me walk out of these doors ready. Ready for anything. Ready for everything. Ready to follow Jesus in all of life. Even on Monday. Sounds fun, right? Now throughout this series, we're going to try to paint a picture of who we believe this person would look like. Of someone that we think is, is ready for Monday. What do they believe? What do they do? What kind of habits are they involved in? What, is it, what does it really look like? And, and throughout these Sundays together, we're going to talk about our individual responsibility as followers of Jesus, as well as our collective responsibility to help this in one another, our responsibility to come alongside you as a church. And we're going to be in a variety of texts. It's a little bit normal than our typical pattern, right? We're going to jump around a bit over these next few weeks uh, together. But if you're new here, I mean, whether you're new, just, you know, new to the area, or maybe you're just curious about Jesus and the things that 
churches believe. Like, let me just say, like, this is a perfect time to join us. Because you're going to hear what we believe is at the very core of following Jesus. And for those of you who've been around for a while, some of this is going to be familiar. It should, right? It should be familiar. Uh, and yet, if you're like me, you need the reminder, right? I need the reminder. All right. Are you with me? Huh? Let's get started. Turn to Ephesians 4, if you haven't already. It's in the New Testament. It's, uh, you know, pretty far along. You can see that. You might just turn to the table of contents. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we would love to give you one. Um, that'd be a great way to start the year as well. You can pick those up just out these doors, kind of in between the doors as you go. We'll also have the, the scripture on the screen for us. But the first thing we see as we look at this passage, Ephesians chapter 4, is that Monday matters to God. Really, it does. That all of life belongs to him. So Ephesians, this is set a little context. Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul about 30 years after the resurrection. Paul planted churches all throughout the known world, and then he'd write them letters to encourage them um, to, to know how to follow him, what it looks like. And we believe he did this under the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's why we continue to, to look at these words. And many of these letters are collected in what we call the, the New Testament. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 Paul talks about the leaders of the church, what that ought to look like. Then in verse 12, what, what these leaders ought to be doing. And then in verses 13 through 16, he shows us the desired outcome like within each person's life. And I want to I start there, actually, with what the goal is, and then we'll kind of work our way backwards to see how we as a church can try to do that for each, for each other. Okay? Make sense? So the goal, the goal of the church, then, is to help everyone, verse 13, attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Wow, that's it? Oof. Yikes. I mean, there, there, there's a lot there, okay? But, but like, notice all of the maturity language. Did you, did you catch that? Like, to, to help us reach mature adulthood, to no longer be children, to, to the fullness of Christ, to, to grow up in, in every way. I mean, just, just as parents, for those of you who are parents here, like, one of, one of my goals, right, one of, part of my job description as a parent is to help my kids figure out how to be adults, right? I mean, that's probably pretty obvious. Hopefully, you know that's part of your job. Um, and so, as, as best as I can, like when David and Eden leave the house, and I'm no longer there to hold their hand or tell them, do this, don't do that, like when they go, like I want them to be ready, right? Like prepared for anything and everything as best as I possibly can. And what Paul is saying here is that is what the church ought to be doing. Like for, for all of us, as we grow in Christ Jesus, so that when we walk out of being the church gathered in this space to being the church scattered everywhere else, we're actually ready for it. Because everything matters to God. Sometimes as as Christians, we will, I think wrongly, use uh, the words sacred and secular to talk about different things. You've probably heard that. Some of, I mean, you know, we've all probably used those words. Um, so, like, the, the sacred stuff, that's the stuff that really matters to God, 
right? That, that's the spiritual stuff. That's, it's the Sunday stuff, right? And then secular is like, that's everything else. It's the thing that's either neutral or, or unspiritual. Uh, you know, it's the stuff God doesn't really care about. It's the Monday stuff. That's typically how we talk about those things, which is ridiculous. Because is there, is there anything that God doesn't care about? Like, is, is there any place in which his eye is not watching? Is there anything in his universe, in my life and in yours, over which God does not say, that is mine? That belongs to me. Of course not. Everything matters to God. There's not a moment like when I clock in, then God clocks out, right? It all counts, it all matters. I mean, I hate those terms, sacred and secular. Don't you? Everything is sacred. Everything. Nothing is secular. Or, or maybe, maybe look, at it, look at it a different way. Is there anything that isn't forming us spiritually? Think about that. So you and I, you and I are always being formed. Always. We're always becoming. I mean, just, just as you cannot stop a child from growing, you cannot stop a human from becoming. We're all on a path to something, somewhere, right? And so the way that you spend your money is forming you, the stuff that you watch, the way you work, your phone, your study habits, hobbies, relationships, like none of this stuff is neutral, right? It's all forming us. And so the question isn't, am I being formed? Yeah, of course you are. The question is, who am I becoming? With everything that we do. Uh, for example, we've been watching, you know, a little more time over Christmas break, we've been watching Lord of the Rings, like the million-hour, you know, movies of that. We've read the books together, and we've been watching them, and it's provided some fun, like, family conversations about the different themes that we see in those, in those movies, one of which we talked about in the car the other day was how, like, Smeagol, remember him, like, had no, no intention of ever becoming Gollum, right? You know, Gollum, like the nasty creature that he is. Like Smeagol was like sort of normal, right? Sort of a, a normal creature kind of thing. And then he got, gets this ring and he becomes obsessed with it. Like in everything about his life is developed, is pushed, all, like he loves this ring, right? And eventually this evil ring turns him into, you know, kind of a hideous little monster, right? It's terrible. And, and listen, like nobody ever sets out to ruin their family. You know, one day I'm going to become so, so selfish, so full of myself that I'm going to drive everyone I love away. Nobody says that. And yet we make one selfish decision after another, and that forms us, that shapes us. And over time, any one of us can become a golem. Now, thankfully, though, the opposite is also true with positive habits, like if, habits, if you, I said hobbits, um, <laughs> whew, I do love those movies, uh, and I love those little hobbits, right, okay, but enough said, uh, but like, same with positive habits, right, so if you, for example, if you start your day praying every day, even just for a few minutes, eventually, over time, you might actually become the kind of person who depends on God, maybe, or, or if you, if you choose every day, I'm going to serve somebody, someone in your family or at work or whatever, over time, there's a, there's a chance that you're going to be, actually become the kind of person who serves naturally. 
that just sort of flows out, right? Which means that everything matters. The first thing you do when you get up, the people you talk to, your attitude at work or at school or when you see the laundry piling up, the things you do when you get home with your free time, when nobody's looking. The reality is it's easy to follow Jesus on Sunday. Anybody can do that, right? Or at least, at least fake it. Monday? That's a whole other story, isn't it? It's hard. But God made you for it. Are you ready? Okay. And because Monday matters to God, here's the second thing. It also means that Monday is an opportunity for God's people. Not something to be pushed aside or ignored or rushed through, but actually seen as an opportunity. Go back, go back to verse 12. He says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So essentially what Paul's doing here, he's giving us our job as a church. Do you see it there? That every, every day is an opportunity really for two things he's putting out there, he's pushing towards it, to grow and to serve. Every day. And your church ought to help you do both, but not just on Sundays, right? That'd be short-sighted. Every day, for example, is an opportunity to grow. Now, I'd, I'd guess a few of you, maybe more, made New Year's resolutions this year. Um, we did as a family. Kelly and I, we sat down. We don't always, but you know, we felt this year, let's, you know, to carve out a few things, a few goals as a family, individually, and, and collectively. Some of you probably did the same, and I'm guessing for the majority of those, they all kind of center on just sort of being a better human, right? I mean, to, to grow as a person, I think that, that's in us. We long for that. Whether you're a Christian or not, we all sense that. I mean, I could, I could do better, right? We all sense that within us. And so if you, if you made those goals or just generally have those goals, like, what's your plan to get there? How will you grow? Well, I'm going to go to church more this year. That's why some of you are here today, right? Well, that's, that's great. I hope, I hope that's true for all of us. I hope we have the desire. Yes, we're going, we're going to do that. We think this is important. This matters, this, this time together. I hope that's on your list. But if that's it... Like, that's your plan? One hour a week? It's not enough. Think, think of Sundays a little bit like a meal. It's a good meal, I hope. It's a big meal. It's a special meal. It's my, personally, for me, it's my favorite meal of the week. But if I were to only eat on Sundays, that would not be flourishing. And yet, how many of us think... That we can, that our souls are going to flourish with just one meal a week. Every moment of every day is an opportunity to grow. Yeah, but come on. Tomorrow's so average. So it's just, it's ordinary, it's mundane. Yeah, so. One of the best books I read 
uh, over my sabbatical. It was actually the first book I picked up, and it really set the tone for my time off. It was, it was really helpful. In fact, I would love it if everybody here read it. It's such a good book. Uh, the Liturgy of the Ordinary. It's by an Anglican priest, Tish Warren. Um, and, I, and I love it. She has, she has chapters in this book on waking up, brushing her teeth, sitting in traffic, fighting with her husband, eating leftovers, checking email. All, I mean, like as mundane and ordinary as you could possibly imagine, all as an opportunity for growth and for worship. At one point early on, she writes, I love this, she says, the new life, the new life into which we are baptized is lived out in days, hours, and minutes. God is forming us into a new people. And the place of that formation is in the small moments of today. We tend to want a Christian life with the dull bits cut out. Yet God made us to spend our days in rest, work, and play, taking care of our bodies, our families, our neighborhoods, our homes. What if all these boring parts matter to God? What if days passed in ways that feel small and insignificant to us are weighty with meaning and part of the abundant life that God has for us? Church, do you see the opportunity that each day is to grow? Each moment, and do you embrace it? Nah, me neither. I mean, not, not like I should, which is why together we need a church for Monday. An opportunity to grow, but also, also an opportunity to serve. Remember, there were two things there. An opportunity to serve. Let's, let me read the verse Again, verse, verse 12, Paul says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And all of us, like, just check out, right? I mean, it's, it's a, such a terrible translation of, of that verse. It's not helpful. Like, first of all, like, for many of us, when we hear the word saints, we immediately picture Mother Teresa, and we're like, well, that's super helpful because I'm so much like her, right? And so we just kind of write this off generally. Or, they, or you hear the word ministry, and you're like, well, that's, that's back to Sunday stuff, Right? That's the stuff that, that happens here. It's ministry, right? It's a bad translation, honestly. That's not what Paul, Paul is getting at. That's not what he's saying. For, for him, when he uses the word saint throughout the New Testament, it's anybody who believes, any Christian, any follower of Jesus, he calls a saint. If that describes you, you are a saint. Really? Some of you are like, me? Yeah, you, okay? I know it's hard to believe. Any Christian, and the word, the, word ministry, the word ministry there can just, it can just as easily be translated as service, as somebody who serves. And so when it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, I mean, put in your brain, it simply means to get us all ready to serve, to work, to do. And yes, serving here matters. We need your help, and hundreds of you literally volunteer on a weekly or monthly basis in this place. And check that off the list, like one hour, right? No, what about your classmates? How do you serve them? What about your clients? Yeah, they, they pay you to serve, but are you serving them, truly serving them? Your coworkers, what, what about your kids, right? Our littlest neighbors, they live in our own house, don't they? Every day is an opportunity for you and me to learn how to serve. And Jesus said there's just really two commands, right? Love God and love others. And we do it through service to them. 
We love our neighbors when we serve them. Yeah, yeah and maybe some of you think, yeah, but I want to I do something big, right? Something great. Good. But maybe start by taking out the trash once in a while, right? Yeah, but Nathan, it's, it's, it's so ordinary. Do those small things even really matter? Listen, church, what else do we have but small things? That's it, right? 99.9% of our lives. In fact, I I love what Annie Dillard writes. She says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives, right? This is all we're given. We were made for Monday because it is our best opportunity to grow and serve every day of the week, not one hour on one day, but every day, everywhere, all of life and everything. So Monday matters. Monday is an opportunity. And the third thing here, Monday is the mission of the church. Really? Not Sundays? Monday is our mission. I mean, this, this is the real reason Paul says, I have a job, right? I mean, look, look again at verse 11. He says, and Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. So I, I think I fit the shepherd teacher, right? That's kind of his, his language for a pastor. That's, that's my role. But why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That our role as leaders, our mission as a church, is to get you ready for everything else. Yes, Sunday matters. I mean, the church, the church gathered is, is a big deal. We don't want to minimize it, and we want to do it well, and we want you to be here, and we want you to want to be here. Absolutely. But, but the reality is, when we go from being the church gathered to the church scattered, if you walk out of here unprepared, for the remaining 167 hours in your week, we're failing you. I'm, I'm failing as a pastor. If, if, if we're so focused on Sunday, we, for, we forget that we are in the, in the business, right, of equipping all of us to live these things out every single day in every single moment. If we don't, we cannot fulfill our mission of making disciples. If we're content as a church for Sunday, That's the easy day. What you and I both need is a church that cares about, understands, is relevant to, and actually equips you to walk out of these doors ready for all of life. No small task, right? Believe me, you're not going to be completely ready after this sermon series, if that's what you're wondering. Uh, we know better than that. But let me, let me just mention kind of where we're going. Because we want to ask maybe, maybe the next question, like what does it look like then to be ready? What, what, who is the person that is ready for Monday? Well, we're going to take the next seven weeks together to unpack this. And we're going to give a message on each of these things. But I want to just give a quick preview. You don't have time to even write them down. We're going to give them to you on your way out. That's fine, okay? Just let it, let it sink in. If you miss one, it's okay. We've got seven weeks and a lifetime to figure these things out, Okay. And let me also say, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list, nor are they sequential, like once I do this, then I do that, nor are these things that we ever arrive at. Can't check them off the list. For those of you who love checking things off the list, I'm one of them. Can't do that with any of these, okay? 
But let me just say these seven things, okay? A person who's ready for Monday or getting ready for Monday is growing in seven areas of their life, seven marks. He or she, number one, takes up their cross, trusting Jesus in all of life. Number two, he or she puts on the yoke, pursuing intimacy with God through spiritual disciplines. Number three, he or she builds their life on the Bible, seeing everything as God's story. Number four, he or she loves the church, prioritizing the family of God. Number five, seeks the good of the city, giving themselves away. And actually, these three all are seek the good of the city. Number six, seeks the good of the city, sharing the gospel in word and deed. And number seven, seeks the good of the city, working diligently for the flourishing of all. Again, there's a lot there, right? And you're like, what are we talking about? It's fine, okay? We'll, we'll get time. And some of you, though, if you've been around for any length of time, you'll probably recognize some of these, or at least they look familiar to you. They're just our values. Cross, yoke, Bible, church, city. We've just broken out city into three things because it's such a huge category, right? Cross, yoke, Bible, church, city, 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 basically, right? These are our values as a church applied into our lives as we think about discipleship and growth for each of us. And we are so committed. We spent the last, I mean, I'm not kidding, we spent the last 18 months talking about these seven things, thinking through, are these the, are these the right seven, trying to break through, and there's, there's bullet points under each of them. And we, we've done, all the pastors across all of our campuses, our elders, all our staff, right, we have done our best to try to think, and it's not perfect, right, to say, what are the seven things our people need most, that I need most, if I'm gonna follow Jesus in everything that I do? And we're so committed to these things, we're gonna take a Sunday on each of them, our community groups are going to begin talking about them, so if you're not in a group, find one so that you can jump into the conversation. We've even created a book for you. Huh? Look at this. With pages? It's fancy. <laughs> fancy schmancy. For, for every adult, certainly, but middle schoolers, high schoolers, if you want to engage with us in this, please grab one on your way out. And don't try to share. They're like a workbook, okay? So not one per family. Take however many you need if you're going to go through these uh, together. In here, you'll find... Uh, the list, as well as kind of those bullet points, those ideas of what we mean by each of them. There's brief readings, there's discussion questions, areas of reflection, places to take notes for Sundays when you, when you come here uh, as well. And I know what some of you are thinking, this is exactly what you've been hoping for, right? Church now comes with homework. Yeah! <laughs> right? I know, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Have we lost our minds? Maybe, I guess, it's possible. Um, but we think, listen, we think this is so important for each of us to live the life that we are created for. These seven things, and as I've thought about these for the last, I mean, I'm not kidding, 18 months at least, we've been working on this, um, to say this, this is my job description as a pastor, and this is our job description as followers of Jesus to give ourselves to these things so that we can grow and that we can be ready in all of life. And so if you're, if you're looking for, it's, it's not gonna take you long, the homework is short, I think you'll engage pretty easily with it, but if you're looking for just a tangible next step from this morning, um, this is it. Grab the book on your way out. They're going to be at the doors kind of as you go. You can't miss it. You can also download the PDF on our website if that's easier for you. You can put it on your iPad or however, Kindle if you want to as well if that's, if that's a better mode for you. Um, but, but grab it. Take it and take it seriously. I mean, tomorrow is the first Monday of the new year. What are you going to do with it? In fact, I love, I love the first assignment of, of the book. It's essentially to get to know your Monday. Like, what are the things that you're investing your time in? And not, we're not talking about work necessarily, but all of life. What are the relationships? What are the people that look, look to you to help, to, to grow? What are, what are your networks around you? How are you using your time? 
And do you see that your time matters? I'm sure you've got questions, so do we. Like I said, we've got seven weeks and a lifetime of pursuing these things together. But just imagine if we did this. Imagine if we actually began to live a little bit more like Jesus. I mean, think about it. Like he came as an ordinary baby to ordinary parents, an ordinary city, an ordinary day, right? And he became an ordinary carpenter. Like anybody else here puzzled by the fact that most of life, most of Jesus' life we know almost nothing about? I think it was because it was just so ordinary. And yet he lived it better than any one of us. And he longs to show us how. Yes, Jesus died for our sins, but he also came to this earth to show us how to live and to give us his spirit so that we are empowered to actually become like him. And imagine if we did. Imagine your school, kids or teachers, imagine what it'd be like if there are more people there who took their faith so seriously, loving Jesus in all of life, that they, they reached out to the kids who are lonely or, or hurting or anxious, right, or just, just lived in, in a different way, taught in a different way, right? Imagine, imagine what your neighborhood could look like if, if the, the believers, the Christians around you, right, were so in love with Jesus that they, they wanted to reach out with, with community and hospitality. I mean, we're so desperate as a people. There's no place left, really, for, for real, true community. We're hungry for it. Imagine, imagine work, right? The followers of Jesus in your workplace began to see that the work that you do is first and foremost worship to God. That's number one. And number two, it's one of the primary ways in which you love your neighbor, the things that you do there in that place. Imagine what it could do to the quiet spaces at home, things nobody sees, the difficult conversations you have, the next argument, and the next time you're gridlocked in traffic. What if we Christians were known more for our Mondays than for our Sundays? That's the kind of church our world needs. And that is the kind of church, by God's grace and through his spirit at work within us, that we pray that we long together to be in everything we do, in every place we go, not just gathered, right, but scattered. Are you ready. Well, again, thank you so much for being here with us on this first Sunday of the new year. Again, for those of you who are new or um, whether you're, you're new, again, visiting from someplace else or just moved to the area, um, or maybe you're here and you're like, who is Jesus? Um, what does he mean to me? Um, I, I would encourage you, as I said, this is a great time to join us because we're going to spend these weeks telling you, telling us, reminding us what is at the very core um, of of who Jesus is and what he's called us uh, to be. And for the rest of you, be here on Sundays. Uh, I, I mean, I know it's hard at times, but like commit together. Let's say, that, I mean, this series, again, there's so much going on. This is so important for us as a church. Um, do your best to be here these next seven weeks. I know it can be challenging. If you miss, maybe uh, listen to the podcast so you at least stay caught up. Um, we think it's really, really important. We're really excited about it. Um, also, grab this on your way out or download the PDF. And don't wait to get started, because if you're like me, you'll forget, and then it's Sunday morning, you're like, oh, boy, I was supposed to do that. Just get started on it. It's not going to take you very long, uh, but it has some good, good ways of assessing these things in our own lives individually uh, as we go. Well, now for the benediction. Do um, you see why we do this, the benediction? 
It's not just our Jesus-y way of saying it's time for lunch. Um, <laughs> no, it's our sending, right? It is our, our commissioning. It is, it is a clear statement for us that this is, this is our huddle, right, when the church gathers. But when we scatter, that's the real work of serving Jesus in all of life. I'm sent out from him. And so what I want to do is I want to I pray for us, ask for God's help, um, and then I want to send us out with some words of the Apostle Paul. Let me pray first. Father, we need your help. God, as, as we've already said, God, we, I, th- I think many of us, we long for this. Um, whether, whether we believe that you're the answer to this, God, I think we sense within us a desire to grow as humans, God, to live our lives better, to get to the end of our days and know that it's mattered. So God, I pray that you would take these things that we've said and would you root them deep within us. God, give us a longing to see all of life as an opportunity to love you and to serve the people around us. And God, I pray that even as we leave, we would not forget these things. And even as we show up at school and at work, or duties at home, or volunteering, or other places tomorrow, God, would you remind us that this is an opportunity for us? Remind me, I need that. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. I want to end with reading these words um, of the Apostle Paul uh, to the Colossians. It's a little bit of a longer benediction for us, but as we, as we, as we leave, being the church gathered, the church scattered, as we embrace the first Monday of the new year, hear these words as a blessing for us. He says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen? Go in peace.